Welcome to Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. This podcast is a collection of historical and philosophical references, contemplations, lectures, and exchanges with David M. Valadez, his students, and guests. Podcasts are recorded on the mat at the Ascension Center in Southern California and in studio. These podcasts are provided to cultivate the warrior on the way and to add light to their path. Let's talk a little bit about mindset and the assumption here is warrior mindset. Like all things in your practice, it is entirely dependent upon the level of your own self-application. So you can entirely train, like we said earlier, in a way that your mind, the quality and the capacity of your mind is off the table. You just come and you do ikkyo, nikkyo, and you're fine. Of course, here that's a problem. It is true you can go other places and train like that, totally fine. It's quite enjoyable. But you're going to meet some resistance here because I don't teach only at the level of your body, so your mind is on the table for me which when you agreed to come in and you entered into this social contract of sensei-deshi relationship, the assumption is that you abide by my assumptions. That said, I think it's in your own interest to put as much of yourself into your training, and since mind plays such a huge part of who we are, it's a disservice to you to leave it off the table. When you, therefore, are in a place where it is assumed and where you are, therefore, the great benefactor of placing your mind at the center of your training or at least in some sort of primary position, then you should look at what does that mean? So you have uh, decades here to a lifetime here to figure out what I mean by mind, and you have your lifetime for sure to figure out what mind means. So let's not try to solve it all right now. Let's just pick some particular things out. Some things in common amongst us human beings and amongst us human beings that are practicing warrior arts or that are aligning ourselves with a warrior tradition. There's a small discussion in the dojo group about 
what Takuan Soho means, and we could start there. So people were able to identify Fudoshin, this kind of unmovable, unmoving, immovable, centered mind. All right, let's talk about that at the most entry level. It is the mind that is able to stay present, that continues to function in the midst of violence. It is the mind, as we say in modern terms, that does not vapor lock. Well, what does that mean? It is the mind that is not leaving out details. It is the mind that is not giving openings due to a ceasing in functioning, what I say as what I describe as unconscious. The assumption is, therefore, in Budo, that you are working toward and with this mind at all times, and therefore that every single lapse in mind functioning, whether it be unconsciousness or a manifested lack of detail or error as a result of unconsciousness, that is very problematic. And all things being equal, because the mind is so central to who you are and you're wishing to train at that level to have as much of you as possible subject to the cultivation technologies of your practice, this kind of unconsciousness is a much larger error than I don't know how to do ikkyo. And you have to have that understanding in your training. You, you, you stop glossing over these moments where you're not in Fudoshin. But as I watch you train, you're, you're not training like that. You're, you're, you're lured to and tempted by these superficial things like I need to do an armbar takedown. I'm telling you, in, in real life, this mind is way more useful than your armbar takedown. Whether it be a self-defense environment or whether it just be life. So if I'm in the midst of real asocial violence, and, and let's describe that, what that means. And I'm drawing a distinction between social violence. Social violence is what I call the ego duels. It's particular to males of a certain age group. It goes way back in our evolutionary history where we play with the social hierarchy and try to realign it in our favor. So you have an ego duel with somebody. It's what people call your bar fight. 
It doesn't do anything. Calling the cops is wrong, right? Your friends jumping in is wrong. It's, it is, while it may appear to be outside of the norm of society, it's actually utilizing the norms of society, which is why your friends jumping in and calling the cops and all that is not abiding by these rules. There's rules to it. So if you're already not in that age group or of that gender, boom, you have just neutralized that threat a huge deal. If you are spiritually mature, then that's it. You're out. You will never face social violence. You don't need to know how to defend yourself in ego duels. You have learned how to defend yourself in the best way possible, according to Sun Tzu, is you're not there. But asocial violence is a total subversion of our societal norms and rules. That's your assaults, your robberies, your rapes. Do you understand? Certain things come with that. For example, in social violence, it has its own, it creates its own problems that you have to solve for. I'll just give you a few of them. The gap. In social violence, we stand apart from each other. Because Go has already been marked as part of the social contract. There's a go. Once I have a go, I have a time that is outlined, and I will have a space that is outlined. We're going to do this duel in this group, within this setting. We're not going to make this whole group move. That group's our ring, or this room is our ring. We're not going to keep fighting down the street in through the wall of the next business. So you create this space between you and you need techniques on bridging the gap safely. But in asocial violence, there is no marking of time and there will be no marking of space by which you agreed to and there's no gap. You don't need techniques for bridging the gap. It's on you. What you need instead then, what becomes important, for example, is awareness. In social violence, awareness is not that big a deal because all of the awareness issues have been settled for you in the social contract. Who am I fighting? That guy. Everyone else stay out of it. When do we start? Wait, I'm not ready. We're going to start when, when we agree to start. Do you see that? Even when you stop, is, some, is somehow subconsciously by the group agreed. The group will decide whether they let you go to the ground. The group will decide whether they let you continue to fight this person after they've gone unconscious. The group will decide whether you can continue to fight them when they have no capacity to defend themselves. They will jump in. 
But in asocial violence, none of that is contracted between you and the attacker. Do you understand? So I don't know when it'll start. I don't know where it will commence or take place. And I don't know when it will stop. Then the skill to determine those things becomes important. That's awareness. Do you understand? So in a social violence, I need skill and awareness. In social violence, I need skill in bridging the gap. There's these particulars go to go to them. In a social violence, you are the victim in ways that predators pick prey. There is something in you that gave this predator the idea that they can overwhelm you. So this predator-prey model pre-existed society. Do you understand? This is why children, women, and the elderly are more victims of asocial violence because the predator is usually of greater size and of greater muscle mass, and therefore more male than not, and armed. Do you get that? So if you look like a child, a woman, an elderly, who's not physically fit and is likely not armed, and you're in a place where they can do their predation, this is totally different from social violence. So in the way that a predator, a lion or a leopard, the assault is immediate, and it is an onslaught of violence. That is a whole lot of stress that your body is going to undergo at that moment. And if you cave, you're not going to survive that. Regardless of what you train in or not. There is no art, there is no physical geometry, no tactical architectures that will make you so skilled that you don't need to have a mind as described in Fudoshian when it comes to asocial violence. Do you understand that? You can know everything. You could be a black belt in everything. But if you vapor lock, that's exactly what this predator needed. There's not going to be the time to get ready because there's no gap to bridge. There's just this rush of violence. And Budo assumes that's your environment. And this is why Fudoshin is so central to training. So if in your training you train for forever, 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 
and you get ekyo and you do all this stuff and you look all, you know, what have you. I don't give a crap. Your mind is your greatest opening and all of that is worth nothing. So important is this mind that I would venture to say, if you just had that mind, you don't even need the damn martial art. You don't need the techniques, do you understand? We have all kinds of folklore where the warrior uh, comes across the non-warrior, the person not trained in martial arts, but demonstrated that mind, and the warrior goes, ah, no, that not, I'm not doing that person. We also know by uh, interviewing felons of violent crimes, why did you pick this person? Because, and they describe this, this mind opening. Why did you not pick this person? They're describing that mind non-opening. We know too in which officers are assaulted or not and we ask the person that assaulted the officer and they say the same thing. I could tell this person was not capable. That's why I assaulted him. So this mind training in terms of self-defense is paramount that you are not vapor locking on the mat, that you have Fudoshian. And I want you to see that instead of seeing these vapor locking moments where you lose your mind and you go into unconsciousness as a small thing, I want you to see it as a large thing. I want you to know that should this have turned into asocial violence, you would be dead. Now, if you say to yourself, well, I'm not really a law enforcement officer, so I don't have to realize that. And most of you here right now are women and children, so I don't know what, what pipe dream you're in where you think this might not be relevant to you. But the same problem exists structurally just in life. Maybe it's not the raw onslaught of a predator's violence. But structurally, that's just stress that's working upon me as an organism. And it's the stress that makes me lose my mind. It captures me. And in that capturing, I'm unable to act, how? Wisely. So as my mind is captured, my access to and my utilization of wisdom is negated. Nobody ever has their mind captured and freezes in wisdom. Do you understand? That does not happen. The freezing, the unconsciousness is itself an abiding in ignorance, which you must understand from a practical point of view is an incapacity to act wisely. 
So yes, in daily life, there's no predator that has this onslaught of human versus human violence put upon me, but there is stress. It does get on me. And the mind that is not capable of fudoshin will abide in ignorance and you will make unsound decisions. Structurally, that's exactly the same way. Do you understand? It's the same thing. And I would put before you, this is more reason to train with this agenda and with this level of attention and this level of self-investment because every single moment of life is that. Even if I was interested in self-defense, that is a very small portion of our lives. You had... If you look at the FBI crime statistics and you combine all of the violent crimes, I think in 100,000 people, your chance of actually being a victim of all of those violent crimes, so robbery, assault, battery, rape, those kind of things, murder, if you took all those in a category for every 100,000 people, I believe your chance was like point. Zero three. That's nothing. But we're living life 100% of the time, and life is acting on us in that way 100% of the time. And my mind is experiencing this and in need of this wisdom. A hundred percent of the time. So for me, even if you're not training in self-defense, it is even more reason to understand how important this aspect of your Budo training actually is. And you stop glossing over all the places you lose your mind, you go unconscious, you become fettered, you vapor lock where you lose detail and you're not aware of it. If you stop accepting it, and prioritize that over exercising and socializing and whatever other superficial reason you have for actually showing up every day, you will be much better off. You will get more out of this. And when we get our nage, let's just say, when we get our nage like this, then we will sharpen our uke because that uke is going to have one hell of a time trying to... Uh, you know, it's, they're going to have one hell of a time if they keep going unconscious in the face of that nage. As nages task themselves with the maintenance of fudoshin, then uke is tasked with the same thing. Otherwise, it is very, very dangerous for that uke. 
So now Naga and Nuket start to sharpen each other. So we, we have to do this. You have to get past this phase where you're just learning techniques and you are actually working on your being. That's your goal. F the techniques. Work on presence. Work on hudoshin. Train there. In weapons two, we made a use of that. Person grabs our firearm and we're going to go into this violence of action tactic to try to get them to break. Well, you're not going to do that if you're the one who breaks. You're going to lose. So there's lots of arts nowadays and gyms and dojo where rightly they problematize this. It gets thrown under stress inoculation. It's true, it is stress inoculation. But I'm telling you, there's enough stress already for you to work on this. It's not going to be, and I, and I prefer that because if you, if you do stress inoculation training and you don't see people actually getting fudoshi and they just kind of ride it out. Do you understand? That doesn't mean you're stress inoculated. It doesn't mean you can make decisions in the middle of that. You just waited for the coach to say, all right, that's enough. That's not stress inoculation. The assumption is already there in Budo training. Here's the form. Here's the detail. We're going to up the human versus human violence intensity. Maintain form and detail, whether you're uke or nage. Quest for and train for the capacity of Hudoshin. Make a contract with yourself so it's there as nage. If we can at least do that, we will make our uke do it. Uke will have no choice. Do you understand? So if you're getting thrashed as uke, hey, what do you think's happening? You're caving in to that onslaught of violence. That's what's happening. If this was an asocial attack, yeah, you just died. So this way the dojo can truly be a microcosm in which this mind that can be applied on the macrocosm is actually being cultivated and developed. But you got to get out of your physical exercise training. Take ukemi, there is skill in ukemi, but they're supposed to be hudoshin in the ukemi. So it's not just choreography and gymnastics. It's calmness and acceptance and presence. 
Not when you know how to do the fall, not when you're in control of the fall, but when Nage Aiki reconciles your initial onslaught and you've fallen into emptiness. Can you fall into emptiness and remain present? And every time you don't, you need to go, I have a huge flaw in my training. Every time you try not to fall into that hole, every time you try to fall the way you want to fall, every time you crash, every time you hold your breath, every time you wince in pain and you emotionally resist and the fear is overriding you, you are not doing fudoshin. You are vapor locking and you are getting killed. And you will separate yourself from wisdom. This is the mind by which I mean the perspective you are supposed to have in your training. Stop being satisfied with happy days and laughing on the mat and all this fun stuff. If that's getting in the way of you applying yourself at this level, stop it. If you have Fudoshin, it doesn't matter if it's fun or dangerous or whatever. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It's not going to affect us in terms of my access to wisdom. But if you need the fun days and the gentle days and when my teacher's going to accept my mistakes over and over, if you need that, it's a clue. You're not training at the required level. Any questions or comments? You have it all down. Good. Let's see. This concludes this episode of Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. For more information, please visit sentiencenter.com. S-E-N-S-H-I-N-C-E-N-T-E-R.com. Or find us at Facebook at Sension Center, and on our YouTube channel at Sension One. Thank you for listening.